What's good, everyone? You're listening to the Kick Knowledge Podcast. My name is Steven. And I'm Zach. And we're two white boys who love to talk about hip-hop. <laughs> Whatever the theme song is. Yeah, so um, I'm happy to be back. Uh, last episode, episode four, I couldn't be there because as Zach already told you, if you're a, uh, an avid listener of this podcast, uh, I was on my way to New York at the time because uh, I'm going to be doing a PhD. Well, I'm doing my PhD already back in the Netherlands, but I'll be doing research for my PhD here in New York. And this is live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Uh, woo, woo. <laughs> and I'm live from East Texas. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone's, someone's winning right now in, in terms of... So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, this is very good for us, uh, logistically speaking, because it's only one time zone away now, one hour. Yeah, it's so nice. Like, we're both in the same... Like, it's both evening for us. Yes, it's evening. It's so. not like um, middle of the night and uh, uh, late afternoon for you, like mm-hmm. the previous episodes were. So I'm hoping that I'll be a little more awake, um, although mm-hmm. I do suffer from a little bit of jet lag, still but you know mm-hmm. um yeah i i, I I'm, I'm looking forward to it man it's been a, it's been a while since we last recorded this is uh i'm yeah. excited so um great episode i this is new to me the 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 fourth one i really enjoyed it uh it was a great talk with hyde um yeah really, seemed like a very nice guy so we should have him back mm-hmm. on sometime in the near future so i can talk to him as well and uh Telling the very original story of my introduction to hip hop via Eminem, which is, uh, I think, for all the white I, boys yeah. in the world, uh, yeah. that is the case, especially in our sort of age range. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was really interesting. He's a, he's had a, was a good conversation. I thought so. Uh, mm-hmm. Props for yeah, that. He's I, a super. I liked it. He's a super super cool guy, and I told him if he wants to come back on whenever then he's more than welcome to so all right so um what do we want to talk about today we, we mentioned uh if you wanted to talk about tom petty yeah literally like uh, just literally earlier today. like two three hours yeah. ago i i i heard that tom petty uh from tom petty and the heartbreakers he passed away i believe he was 66 years old uh yeah. which i mean it's that's very sad because uh, i love his music it's always difficult like when when uh people that you've listened to uh as long for as long as you can remember pass away like uh, like prince earlier or uh mm-hmm. or in this case tom petty um i loved his music he's it's not super related to to hip-hop although he was sampled by de la soul and pimp c i mean check his who sampled credits and uh um you know it's uh, let's let's make this sort of a uh let's encourage our our listeners to to check out some of his great music if they're not familiar with it Mm because it's uh uh yeah it's it's sad that we lost another one another great one so let's yeah so that's what i wanted to say about that i don't know if you yeah if you want to add something to that no i i totally agree i think it's important to mention people who are not only or, or i would say like not just 
people who are in hip hop. But I said that weird. <laughs> we should we should mention people who are not just mention people who are not just in hip hop, but people who have influenced hip hop exactly. or hip hop artists or what have you. Like Chester Bennington earlier this year. Yeah, like uh, like obviously, you know, with Lincoln Park and everything. Like, yeah, I mean that is. I don't know. Oh, what was the. It's so weird. Like I don't know. I just I'm gonna start talking about Lincoln Park now for like out of nowhere. I mean, but um, I love Lincoln Park. Uh, when it's I was weird because it's like I listen to a lot. Just yeah, like I listen to a lot when I was like in high or even like earlier, like in junior high. And then I, I don't know. I guess I just kind of grew out of them, and I just my taste kind of went elsewhere. And then I had yeah, not yeah. really listened to them since like ninth grade, basically. <laughs> And then once he died, I like it really hit me, and I was like, "Oh man, when was the last time I actually listened to Hybrid Theory? I didn't even remember." And I went back. No, I had the same. And I was like, "Holy crap! It's it's just so brilliant, and yeah. in so many different ways, because it's just this sort of amalgamation of just like the, the, hip hop, exactly, and rock, I mean, and, it and was, punk, and everything." Uh, I think it's by far my favorite Linkin Park uh, album. Uh, there's some good songs on other albums, and the later ones I never even bothered to check out because they went in a direction that I didn't really appreciate. Same, same. But, um, but that's just personal taste. Um, it's cool that they like at least didn't do the same thing over and over and over again. But yeah, and, and then when it when it culminated in sort of the and uh, I guess the uh, what was it the collision core collision cores. Uh, mashup record uh, mashup album with uh, Jay-Z I love with that Jay-Z yeah with um, a numb encore and um, uh, they, they had the 99 problems mashup and that was just really good so like yeah I agree um, we shouldn't just pay attention to core hip-hop uh, artists uh, there is sort of artists on the fringe of hip-hop or artists that might have been influential to hip-hop or are just dope artists and fuck it like uh, I, yeah, don't, totally. I don't care about like uh, genre boundaries. If if you make dope music, you make dope music. It just happens to be the case that that's what's fun. Yeah, yeah that's what's fun about hip hop, in my opinion, is that it's a genre that in, that is influenced by so many other genres. It's, it's by yeah, it's potentially by every genre. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, it's the beauty of sampling. Uh, I, I think I've said this before, but um, I mean, I, I never understand it when people don't like hip hop. Because uh, if you don't like hip hop, then how can you like other music? Because it's sampling other genres all the time. Um, mm-hmm. How can you like funk and not like G funk? You know what I mean? It's um, kind of like that. So, I mean, we're not we're not sitting there saying like you should like this because it's like I mean, I'm very. It's weird because kind of in my experience, especially within the context of like you know, academia and, and all that. Like I've run into a lot of people who either don't like hip hop or just never really have paid much attention to it. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's just like, eh, you like what you like. And if you don't like this and I'm not going <laughs> to like, I'm not going to make you like something that you don't like, you know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that other, there's other music that other people talk about that. I don't like, I don't give a shit about. Yeah. And there's <laughs> like, I wouldn't expect them to be like, how dare you? So I'm not going to do the same thing. No, I agree. I don't know if I said this before on a podcast or if we edited it out or I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I told you this before, I think. Uh, Like, okay, so I don't like Queen. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I've never been. I've never been a fan of of (laughs) Queen's music. Right. 
but I know it's good. I can tell yeah. objectively why it's good. I can just say subjectively why I don't like it. I think Martin's problem, what he was saying uh, in, in episode three, or what I'm trying to say now, I guess, is that you can subjectively not like hip hop, but it's frustrating if you're unwilling to sort of recognize the objectively cool things about it. Like, um, if, if you like, I mean, we always use, we always end up in, on Jay Dilla examples because it's such a good, but if you don't, if you are just not willing to appreciate the brilliance of, of his sampling techniques and his ways of approaching rhythm and, um, the simplicity or the complexity of what he like how he like can do such amazing things with his beats uh, could do I, I should say yeah totally um i mean if you can't appreciate that i don't care if you don't like it but if you can't sort of see why it's good or interesting or that's i guess that's the problem for for me in that case yeah oh no i i completely agree like it's it's frustrating um speaking of jay dilla like we wanted to mention um I guess current projects that we're working on, or just yeah. stuff that we're working on right now. Yeah, and then yeah, obviously yeah. you're in Brooklyn. Yeah, I want to talk, talk about like the stuff I'm going to do in New York. Yeah, definitely. But you you go first because uh, I believe you're um, working on a thesis, right? Yeah, and at this point, I I just need to work on my proposal right now because mm. like I pretty much got a pretty good a pretty good idea of of what I want to do and what I want to write about. I'm afraid of saying that like on. Because like as a writer, it's like, oh, I you know, I got a pretty good idea of of what I'm doing, and then it's like a Three sunny, like later. it's always sunny. Yeah, it's like it's an always sunny in Philadelphia episode. Where it's like, oh yeah, no, I totally got what I'm doing, and then it's just like yeah, Zach I, I, I drops out of grad school or something. Sure. Like, um, but but, but still, um, as of right care. now, as of right now, as of tentatively, right now, tentative, with an asterisk and and everything. Um, yeah, I'm just focusing on donuts right now and just sort of sampling techniques. And I'm going to probably look at only like a couple of like just do like really in-depth analysis of just like a couple of tracks on there because there's like 31 tracks on donuts. Yeah. And that's a lot to cover. Even just in a thesis. So and, but yeah. there's a few <laughs> tracks here that I'm just like that are I feel like can kind of be representative of the entire album. One of them is uh don't uh I almost said donuts is don't cry which is like towards the end of the album oh, yeah, yeah 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 and um it's really cool I I wrote kind of like an abstract that I sent to a couple um conferences that I I literally just sent to yesterday so I have no idea if that pans you know, out that's, yeah that's that's pending right now in terms of like results but for those of you who aren't in the world of academia. There's many, many, like, either local or national or international, like, kind of music conferences. I mean, it's not obviously not just music, but yeah, just, like, it's, I think graduate that's the same and for all sort of fields. There's conferences, either, yeah, and you have to submit your work in, like, a, in like an abstract, like a summary of your work, the, the, of what you're going to be talking about. And then mm -hmm. you wait for, like, months, and then you hear back if you're accepted to, to go there and present, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a really slow process. It's one of the reasons yeah. why I like this podcast so much, because we can just sort of think of something and just 
put it out there right away. Yeah, um, and if something if something gets rejected by a conference, it's like, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna talk about it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so uh, don't don't cry, right? And then uh, which one? It's kind of don't cry. Uh, either don't cry. Um, which is probably one of the tracks, and then working on it. Yeah, this like the this, very uh, this first a track. 10CC sample, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love and that then, one. When I played then, that one for my, I played Donuts in the car for my dad a few months back because he'd never heard Jay Dilla, and uh, so I brought the CD, and um, he was like, I put it on, he's like, Oh, this is the worst band in the world. He loved it, you know. <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. shit, and and then um, like he went to like his his uh, like the is sort of where he keeps the records and then like and this sample and this he was like looking he was like crate reverse crate digging in his own sort of <laughs> it, was, cool. it was a lot of fun like for both of us mm -hmm. i think <laughs> but in yeah go on i'm sorry <laughs> in one of the chapters like with the don't cry track yeah what i'm trying to focus on right now is like how he sets up you know, like he starts out with just like the sample by itself without mm -hmm. it being chopped up but i think that's he doesn't even like pitch it up or down or anything like it's just straight lifted from the original track there's not much of any sort of filtering or eqing or anything mm -hmm. but um but yeah he just straight up takes it and like the way it starts is like as the listener you're like oh is he gonna do anything with this or <laughs> like the first like 30 seconds you're just like okay and then yeah it's like you're just playing the track and just from a hip-hop context like if you're gonna sample something then you have it has to be transformative in some way What's the it's the, the making beats book by uh, uh, Schloss, right? Mm -hmm. um, Which I just bought. I just bought that. All right, all right. <laughs> very, very good. <laughs> it's good. Um, it's it's fantastic. Uh, but there's mm -hmm. like a, a bunch of interviews on there on um, or like uh, info on there about the ethics of sampling and not like mm -hmm. necessarily the ethics of uh, copyright or anything, but like the ethics among producers. Like you can't sample the same sample. In the same way, you got you can't sample a, a song that's been sampled before, but you gotta chop it originally, right? Like mm -hmm. flip it originally. Um, if you don't, you lose respect. It's like biting lyrics in the in the context of rap. Yeah, kind of. That's a good. That's, you know, yeah. Like that. It's, it's, it's biting. Yeah. Uh, hip hop is always anti biting, I guess. Um, so yeah. so you don't. You have to be original. Which makes it frustrating yeah. when you see a lot of clones of a certain style. When you see a guy like, uh, not that I like Future's music so much, but you you can definitely tell that Future came before Designer. Um, you know, and it's it's kind of it's, it's like little, oh, you're just a knockoff. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and, and that's yeah, not, yeah. But and, um, and you don't want that in hip hop. Yeah. Okay, but so Jay Dilla. Yeah, so but then, it looks like it, but yeah. yeah. I sound like a salesman, but wait, this, but wait, there's more. <laughs> like, but then when you get to like 40 seconds into the track, order this sample, you get this. Yeah, <laughs> but when you get to the 40 seconds of the track, <laughs> then all of a sudden he sets up like the chopping. It's yeah. like the chopped. It's the same exact body of sound, but it's it's all chopped up and stuff. Mm. So he like it's like he sets you up 
for like the the body of sound that he's going to be using that's going to he's going to chop up and then he he does it and then it's transformative it's almost interesting like i know that um uh like yeah, in, yeah. Uh, kanye uh what's the sample like uh, for, uh, like otis redding uh for otis uh, oh is it a trailer try a little tenderness i think i think it is yeah and so they're just playing the original one until the sort of the part to be chopped It's like kind of like the the idea that Dilla does on the track itself, right? So he yeah he, yeah that's that's really cool. Are you gonna talk yeah, about so it's um, like time donut of the heart? Because that's my by far my favorite. Ooh, I Dilla. want to. It's like it's hard because it's like there's one there are tracks that are like my personal favorites, and there's tracks where it's like this will be the best to kind of present in like a scholarly way, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, like yeah, in terms yeah. of analysis, like I really, really, really want to talk about Mash because it's the least hip hop sounding track on there. Like it's just kind of the Frank Zappa sample and then the piano stuff. And that's kind of it. It's so weird, yeah, and kind of like out of left field. And it kind of has like a drum beat. It's, yeah, excuse me, it has a drum beat in the background, but that's kind of it. I love and it. The, just sticks what out I every love time about it is. Um... Uh, so we were talking about this, uh, uh, Martin talked about this, how um, Mike Will made it, does a metrical modulation on DNA, right? So he slows down mm -hmm. the beat. And um, so on time, uh, Dilla does this, uh, like he slows down the beat and it just sort of seamlessly catches up again. And I love that about it. It's just sort of how he like, dictates the flow oh, yeah, of the totally. track but be, by doing that i love that but i i can see why you because uh, your focus your focus is mostly on on sampling techniques and not so mm -hmm. much on um i mean not, that is the focus of your of your research right if i understand correctly and it's weird because it's like that's kind of why i want to focus on donuts is because it's just purely instrumental quote-unquote instrumental hip-hop and it's not I don't want to say there aren't lyrics because there's words on it and sort of like phrases that he but uses. But like sample words, not like originally yeah, recorded uh, vocals. Yeah. yeah. But like, I know, like, I knew with other albums that I would want to focus on, it would be kind of hard because then people would, would be like, wait, what about the lyrics? You know, for other like non, like when I'm focusing on like... Public Enemy or Beastie Boy, it's like, but there's a whole other section... There's a whole other half of the the music that you're ignoring, and I didn't. I just didn't want to do that. Like that felt I know. weird. That felt I wrong. Get, I know? get that. No, it makes sense to, uh, in that sense, to limit yourself. Limit yourself. I don't know if that's the right word because of yeah, how complex with, it is. But to look at just donuts, or and then like I kinda, just of the beats, because that's all there is. Yeah, going into, um, so recently I was able to have to kind of. Schedule an interview with John Wayne, for those of you who have heard of John Wayne. He's this rapper, producer out of L.A. who's, in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated artists like in hip-hop, period, right now. He's, his most recent album, Rap Album 2, just came out last February, I think. And it's so good. It's so good. But, um, but anyway, 
I was able to interview him for a little bit um, last week, and I talked. I mentioned it a little bit in the last episode, I think, but I didn't really go into to too much detail. And it was really, it was more about like I, I got to do it. I got to do it over Skype because he started. He just put on his Twitter like, "Hey, I want to do you know Skype sessions or like private Skype sessions." Where I like talk to people about the industry and like y'all can show my beat or y'all can show me. He was saying like y'all can show me your beats and he'll kind of like critique it and stuff. Um, I didn't really want to show him all my beats just because like I don't know I just figured everybody else would do that you know. Like and I, don't know, I wanted to focus more on like my my research you know. Um, just because it's like he's probably heard a bajillion other beats and he doesn't want to. Hear more, so I just figured it'd be a nice, be nice to have a break. Yeah, I guess yeah, that makes him. sense. But anyway, but um, I just kind of asked him about Jay Dilla and the sort of craft of beat making and sampling and all that, and it was so so interesting. There wasn't anything, and this this might sound like a criticism, but it's not. Um, there wasn't anything that he said. That I didn't that I didn't necessarily know already, but coming from him, it was kind of reassuring, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially since he's like a in you know he's an industry professional, I guess. Yeah. But, Sometimes um, you just gotta find like confirmation that you're on the exactly, right track. Or exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he was talking about with Jay Dilla, like just going back and looking at that um, hip hop's past and seeing where beats kind of came from. Where it started as kind of like instrumental breaks that DJs would kind of like, they do like the beat juggling thing with, yeah. with records. And it was just sort of part of the background for either rappers or breakdancers or whoever to kind of put their own interpretation either by dance or by emceeing, rapping, all that stuff. And even into, you know, hip hop's evolution. You know, into the 80s and 90s, it, it was still kind of in the background. Yeah. And then all of a sudden with... And there was obviously other, like, sort of beat tapes that became popular. Like DJ, uh, DJ Shadows introducing. And, you know, in the 90s, like, that was sort of kind of up and coming. But with J. Dilla's Donuts, it was like all of a sudden... It was really kind of... I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, put it in words. Like, it was like... It blossomed into like an art form. It was like, oh uh, like, wow, like on itself. Yeah. Like a, a yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. He also made a point that like I didn't. I thought it was a really good point. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it a hundred percent. And it's it's not talking shit about John Wayne. I don't know if we'll ever listen to this. Probably not. But you never know. Um, who knows? So if you're out there listening to this, uh, there's nothing against you. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if I agree with this entirely. Zach is really sorry but, um, about this. He's going to kick himself. Yeah. In the- <laughs> I hope not. Um, nah. But he was just saying that, like, if Jay Dilla had not died, and, like, around, like at the exact same time, like, Donuts had been released, like, he doesn't think it would have been as near as, like, I don't impactful. Know. I don't know. Because, like, I, I... And I... I I get where he's coming from because it's like they're the cool one of the main parts of the album that's so cool is like just the the story behind it where it's like he was kind of in the hospital making this and it was like you know his last magnum you know, opus like yeah it's his magnum opus and is like on his death like I've heard people compare it to like Mozart's Requiem 
you know, where it's like, you know, his last dying breaths and he's making this masterpiece. And it's like, had that story not been intertwined with the album, it may not have been as Okay, so that I, I can see why that is the case. But then again, I have to, like, I didn't find out about Dilla until years after he was gone. And then yeah. I checked out Donuts. Uh, I didn't, I don't think, it's hard to, like, remember how it was when I first heard Donuts. But I don't think, I knew at the time, I knew Dilla was dead, but I didn't know donuts was like i didn't know the story behind donuts i just know knew that people thought it was a good record right so i listened to 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 the album and uh i just i mean i was yeah i guess i was just blown away by how sort of creative it was and i mean it's whenever like you'll see that tom petty's music is going to like is going to be number one on itunes or something like really soon like it was as was the case mm -hmm. for prince and and david bowie and um and michael well, jackson and, michael, and jackson. michael jackson like uh obviously but that was a while back already again i guess um oh, yeah 2009 yeah mm -hmm. um but you know um so that always does something that adds a little something to how how people appreciate a work of art but it's still i don't think i i think donuts would have crushed it if dilla was alive as well i mean i don't know if i don't know because it's like i feel like it really did kind of push the boundaries of like what we kind of thought of what sampling could do maybe, i mean i don't know maybe that's not entirely true because there, there was albums like the avalanches since i left you which did crazy awesome stuff with with sampling but I don't know, like, especially with Jay Dilla and with his image and his sort of, like, there was a Jay Dilla sound. And then, like, with him releasing Donuts, it kind of was, like, cemented into this, like, body of work that really hasn't entirely ended. Because there's still, like, posthumous releases that is being released by um, his estate, I think. Like, there was just a beat tape, a Jay Dilla beat tape that got released, like, a couple months ago. And it's so weird because there's still Jay Dilla beats being released. Like after all these years, yeah, it's crazy. He's, he, but, um, his beats are like Tupac verses. It's like, yeah, it's a good <laughs> never end. Keep on coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm not complaining at all though. Like it's awesome. I saw um, uh, <laughs> uh, Justin Williams on Twitter, um, mm -hmm. musicologist um, from California, I think, but he's based in Bristol. Um, he shout he, out. Yeah, shout out. What? <laughs> I don't know if he's listening. We should. I don't know. Uh, have we told him about it? About the pod? I don't think so. I don't remember. Anyway. I, I, I was going to email him, but anyway. I don't, no, I haven't either. Anyway, uh, um, I saw him retweet something. Uh, it was like a Spotify um, like advertisement, and it says... New album by uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the caption was, this is huge, if true. You know, it's like a new album. <laughs> Dropping the hottest, the hottest tape of 2017. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So they, they keep oh, on releasing man. stuff. Yeah. I don't... I, there was another thing that went on in my John Wayne interview that, like, mm -hmm. really hit me. And I was, like, kind of embarrassed but I'm kind of glad realizing now kind of what he said, because I was talking about how I'm really interested in kind of like the craft of beat making and all that and how I loved the Rhythm Roulette series that Mass Appeal yeah. has been doing, which he was on. He has an episode. Um, right. 
and he said that like that that's that's a really terrible reference for like how beats are made mm-hmm. and i think he has a point because it's very much it's kind of he said he compared it to um kind of like cooking shows like chopped or something where it's like it's all it's kind of this like reality show where it's like okay we're gonna put a ton of pressure on these like really talented people and then we're gonna edit it, edit it yeah edit it in in a way that's like not natural in any sort of way and i was like that's a good point and because it's like you do get kind of a false impression in some of those videos the, yeah the where it's only like oh man it is they that- just yeah, they just sit down and they just make hot fire, and it's so good. Oh, if uh, if you and I or anyone who's making music is watching that video, they understand it's been edited heavily, right? That's the thing. It's, though. it's yeah. probably like a twenty-four hour uh, sort of like uh, pro- maybe it's even multiple days. I don't know. Uh, just mm-hmm. edited into one. We don't know if it's like. How sort of structured or how sort of uh, directed those episodes are? Maybe it's like, um, uh, okay, so we give you a week to make those beats, and then we reverse engineer, and then we come and shoot the video, and you reverse engineer your beats again. Sort of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't know. That could be the case. Anyway, it's heavily edited, and uh, you and I know that making music um, takes hours days weeks i mean i've been mm-hmm. working on certain c- c- I'm, I'm remixing like re-, re sort of uh reupholstering a beat that i uh, i made in 2009 and i'm working on that i was working <laughs> on that before you skyped so like sometimes it's just like decades <laughs> but mostly it's like weeks or months of work until you get get the track just right and then people see rhythm roulette what it does crazy well is um, I mean, check it out if you haven't seen it on the Mass Appeal channel on YouTube. But oh, yeah, what totally. it does crazy well is it's, sort of yeah. show how 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 it's an art form. What it doesn't mm-hmm. do so well is make it look easy. And, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and it's not easy. Even if you're really good at this shit, it's not easy. Um, if it was so easy, those those people like on those shows would have yeah. released like ten classic albums a year. You know, yeah. if it was that and fast it's, it's and weird. that easy. I feel like. Like the the Beatles wrote songs in fifteen minutes and then made classic tracks. Uh, going back to yeah, like yeah. going back to kind of the the Mozart comparison. Like Mozart would like write like symphonies and shit when he was like eight years old, and he would write. I think he finished like Don Giovanni like the morning it premiered. Like, <laughs> and it was like, man, why can't I be? Well, you're just not that because you're not. That's fucking fine. Mozart. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's okay. Yeah, like that's okay. totally okay. I mean, yeah. There's, uh, there, there's so, some benef- classical nerds gonna there, yeah, but there's benefits correct to me. Uh, working on whoever's like, listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I think it's mostly uh, just actually the hip-hop it was blah, blah 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 blah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I don't, I don't remember what I was saying though, but that's okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It's still, I love that. I love that show. Oh yeah, totally. definitely. But it, yeah, it's good to realize that it's um, you know, <laughs> takes more work than uh, than just a ten minute sort of project. It's it's weird. Like it's really hard for me to not talk about Jay Dilla right now, especially with the <laughs> research I'm doing. <laughs> like I really don't want to turn this into like the Jay Dilla podcast, but as of right now, it might be very focused on that. Yeah, 
I it, and like once I finish my thesis and everything, then it'll it'll be hard to be like, oh god, what else do I talk about now? Yeah, uh, it's gonna be Mad Lib <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah probably. But um, <laughs> probably. I promise, who's ever listening, this won't be forever. Like, like it, we will talk about other things. Yeah, it's hold just on, as of right now, I'm writing this massive. You know, probably will be like a hundred page research paper basically on yeah on jay dilla so it's hard for me not to think about it you know because it's yeah. literally all i think about right now but anyway i uh, i really want to talk about what i'm going to be doing yeah. here uh in the u.s in the states um so yeah i just arrived i just had my first day at nyu actually um and it's just i've always wanted to be right where it's at in terms of hip-hop right i mean mm -hmm. new york is the is the birthplace of hip-hop and it really feels like that i mean i'm that might just be my subjective experience of it but i mean okay so one thing i gotta tell like say i didn't know i i knew biggie was big obviously right mm -hmm. worldwide biggie is a superstar i did not know he was this fucking big 20 years after he died Oh, yeah. Every fucking every other fucking car that's driving by here in Brooklyn, because I'm I'm in Bushwick, uh, which is like uh, within five miles of where Biggie grew up, right? So it's this is his turf. People yeah. are blasting hypnotized. They're blasting ready to die. Like the, I like I've I've been here for like four days and I've heard at least five to ten cars <laughs> blasting Biggie, yeah. and it's over 20 years after he was murdered uh i saw like there's there's freaking uh, uh like buttons biggie buttons for on your your shirt uh or your whatever um there is like hoodies with and t-shirts with biggie like in random stores like not in freaking brooklyn in manhattan or something like in greenwich um it's it's crazy mm -hmm. i mean new york is still biggie turf you've got jay-z you've got nas but but biggie's the shit right um that's crazy. I did not realize that until I saw it with my own eyes. That's that's really dope. Um, oh, yeah. I want to give a, 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 a I want to give a quick shout out to Carlos uh, Carlito at the AT and T store because he hooked me up with like an American SIM card and uh, he gave me a five dollar discount I believe because I told him I was into hip I was doing hip hop linguistics and he was like dude <laughs> like gave me a discount um it's it's crazy he uh he was uh, we were kicking it he he was like really into uh, bone thugs and harmony um mm -hmm. and we we talked about a little bit about that um it's just it's it feels like a warm bath to come here as a hip-hop scholar um, oh, yeah, because totally. the moment you tell anyone who's even remotely interested in hip-hop that you're working on this it's like this shared connection uh which is crazy dope <laughs> um, yeah it's weird like last time i was in new york i wasn't even in there i wasn't even there for anything hip-hop related but just like i totally get what you're saying that the feeling yeah of like it's, oh cool it's like this is where you think hip-hop yeah. yeah even yeah, if you're yeah, not yeah. like if you're sort of in the widest neighborhoods there are and <laughs> sort of in manhattan yeah. it still feels hip-hop so um you know what I mean? Uh, it's 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 a it's great to be here. But what I, the reason I came here is because I'm uh, so I'm, my PhD is on um, African American English, uh, especially regional dialects of African American English, and then in relation to um, hip hop culture, regional hip hop mm -hmm. culture, and hip hop music. So the starting point of my uh, PhD project is 
uh, Tupac, uh, Tupac's language development. So um, I want to find out, uh, and I'm busy finding out what happened to uh, Tupac's like accent when he speaks, when he spoke. Mm, I should say okay. um, after he moved from New York, where he was born, to California, and then eventually mm -hmm. became the west coast hip-hop's avatar right uh that's what always is like funny to me about tupac is like he's kind of like the patron saint of like west coast but he's from harlem right but so, he's like from harlem yeah. it's just like funny to me i don't know and, like, and, so that is that was a few years back that was sort of my starting point i was like wondering because mm -hmm. i've done some research not hip-hop related or a uh, african-american english related but um but like on second language acquisition or language development and accent change And I was just like, I was wondering, huh, what would have happened to Tupac's accent when he moved to another place? And then like social pressures dictated that he couldn't sound like a New Yorker anymore. Hmm. Sort of that was the starting yeah. point of my project. And, um, and yeah, I'll, I'll get into that later in detail. But the reason I'm here now is uh, because I'll be doing a, an accent perception experiment in a hip hop context. So I'm going to... Uh, Uh, try and see if African-Americans from New York and from Los Angeles, where I'll be going later, uh, a few months from now, uh, if they can actually like recognize if someone's from the East or the West Coast. And then I want to also do this for music. So I want to, if I sort of anonymize uh, rap verses so that you cannot hear the lyrics anymore, you cannot hear the vocal qualities, but all you hear is sort of mm. the, the pitch contours and the rhythm. Yeah, If you yeah, can yeah. figure out if someone's from the East or the West Coast. Damn, I that's interesting. I think you can. I think if you yeah. sort of, um, I think if you reduce, uh, I think the, the, the East Coast and the West Coast, this is my, hypo my working hypothesis, uh, sort of my... Um, Mm. Uh, tentative hypothesis, I guess. Um, uh, I, I believe that the way people rap on the East and the West Coast, especially in the 90s, mm. is influenced or is informed, I should say, by the way they uh, speak on the East and the West Coast within the context of African-American English. And uh, that's basically what I'm going to try and find out while I'm here. Um, I want to shout out Renee Blake, my supervisor here at NYU. She's Ooh. the she's one of the nicest, dopest people I've ever met. And I just had one coffee with her uh, this afternoon, um, but she's like, she knows her shit on hip hop, you know, and 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 mm -hmm. on on language, and um, it's just great to be here and uh, mm -hmm. like be right in the middle of it. So. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm super hyped, man. I, I live a few miles from where Biggie grew up. That's that's crazy. I is used there, to live like six thousand miles from where Biggie grew up. Yeah. Um, is there still a mural of Biggie, like in I, in the Brooklyn area? I don't know if it's in Brooklyn. I uh, a few years back I was in New York and I went to Five Points in Queens. It's like this. Okay. Th uh, that was like the big. Uh, sort mm -hmm. of mecca of graffiti, but they mm -hmm. some fucking asshole like project developer I don't know uh, bought it or I don't know tore it down, um, literally whitewashed the building so they painted <laughs> over it and all the art yeah. is gone and it's it's like freaking setting the the setting the Louvre on fire if you ask me you know what I mean it's like yeah it's just like, a that's like a crime against humanity really, but, yeah. uh, so that's gone and I don't know there's there's bound to be a, another biggie mural I'll, I'll look it up 
Um, That's true. I mean, like I said, Biggie's so big here. There's no way there's no mural anymore. Yeah. But there um, used to be one there, and it, it, there was one for Nas as well, a really cool one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm glad I saw those a few years back. But, uh, man. Nice, nice. I have to go to the restroom again real quick. Obviously, you're going to edit this out. So, speaking of New York rap, um, what do you think of Cardi B being the first female MC to score a solo number one hit? I'm, I'm I'm really happy for her, and I think this is really cool. Yeah. In terms of, like, the actual song itself, like... I mean, like, I think it's, I don't think, there's some people who are either like, they love it and they love her and it's like 100%. And there are some people who just like hate the song and think it's trash. And I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Like, I think mm. it's okay. Mm. I think it definitely sounds better than a few other kind of maybe like Lil Yachty or Lil Uzi Vert tracks that have kind of gotten big. Yeah. But it's, it's just kind of like, eh, okay. Like it's, it's, it's decent. And I, I just wasn't super impressed like, I think it's because when I listen to it, I actually listen to it after I listen to Rhapsody's most recent album that just came out, Layla's Wisdom. Or, La- I think I'm saying that right, Layla's Wisdom. And it's so good. <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, you've got like Ninth Wonder on production, and I think um, Terrace Martin as well. You got a Kendrick feature. You got, I mean, it's, it's got everything you could possibly want right now. Crazy. I haven't one of the best. had the chance to like check it out because past it's, few weeks I've only been busy yeah. with like getting here to the states, but it's definitely on my to listen list. Uh, I guess um, next next episode I'll let you know uh, what I thought of it. It's, it's I'm excited already. Yeah, I, I guess um, I mean it's it's cool for because it's, it's actually crazy to to because it's really Cardi B. She's the first female MC ever to. Score a solo number one hit. That's since right? since Lauren Hill. Yeah, since Lauren Hill. So yeah, and that's like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety eight. Like almost twenty yeah. years. Yeah, pretty much. That is that's crazy. So, yeah. um, it's just that you know that that is great. Uh, that is a great thing for for um, for hip hop because it's about time that we sort of. Agreed. Get rid of the. <laughs> you don't even finish your sentence, and I was like, "Yes, I yes, agree." <laughs> you already know what I'm gonna say. Yeah, it's it's about time. I mean, this is a it's the 21st fucking century. It's 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 about time yeah. that hip hop um, is is gonna not be so macho, um, mm-hmm. masculine hip. Like I don't know, um, just focused on male rappers. Um, it's weird because it's like it's not like this is like a super novel thing that's happened in hip-hop like with salt and peppa like they've been salt, around for what like salt and peppa missy like Elliott, over 30 Hill years yeah. yeah and queen latifah too like it's not like this is like a new thing like wow a woman is rap like no, even with like nikki salt, Maj- salt and peppa like, nikki, debut album was like 1986 so it's been 31 yeah. years i think yeah. yeah like it's not like this is just like a completely new thing or anything but but in terms of like the recognition, I guess you know. Yeah, I, I cool. remember. I think it was just like last year that I think it was Lauren Hill's 
Miseducation album like got inducted into like the National Recording Registry. Mm, yeah, as like a significant um, historically. Or and I, I also whatever, think that uh, is, Ninth you know? Wonder in the Harvard uh, Hip Hop Archive, Ninth Wonder uh, put Miseducation of Lauryn Hill as one of four albums in there. They yeah, put Illmatic, To Pimp a Butterfly, um, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, and. I don't remember the fourth one, um, but he put like w that was one of the records he inducted into that sort of hall of fame. Um, good. <laughs> yeah, it's good that I mean that's such a good record. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just it would have been nice if it was Rhapsody or something or it's yeah I don't, I don't know who got but it's that wouldn't have made yeah. sense. Um, because um, she's I not was an listening. artist like that, not like a very commercially. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's weird because I was listening to some, a couple older Salt and Peppa albums earlier, like a couple weeks ago, just going through their, their discography, and it's it's weird because um, I mean all their older shit, especially their album Black's Magic, is mm. brilliant, mm -hmm. like one of their best, if not their best. But it's just the way, like the, their cadences and like the way they rap is so like of the time, mm -hmm. like late eighties, early nineties, where it's like, "Yo, what's up, somebody be boom," and it's just like, <laughs> and, uh, like you listen to like, let's talk about sex, and it's just like, "Hey, everybody," and it's just, oh my god, it's so, it is not aged very well, I guess. I don't, I don't think it's bad, and it, I mean, I'm sitting here praising it, so obviously. But it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of, it's, it's, funny uh, like, to me. yeah, it's like a, it's like an era piece. It's like, um, oh, yeah, 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 is yeah. That, is that a, that's the term, right? Yeah. Um, it, it also makes you think how incredibly well records from the same time, like a paid in full or, I don't know, raising yeah. hell, as to how they, how well they have aged. Cause yeah, if yeah. I listen to like those records right now, I'm still as exhilarated as I think people would have been people were back in the 80s so um but then again like, yeah yeah but even guys like i don't know if you listen to um i don't know i don't even i don't know if you've heard of uh prophets of rage which is mm. um it's like this weird <clears throat> super group between like chug d yeah from public enemy and then Rage Against the Machine, and then Cypress Hill. Like, they're all, like... Oh, Cypress Hill is in there. That's true. Yeah, yeah, like, B-Reel's in it, and it's just this massive yeah. super group. And they just released their their first, I guess, like, debut album. Well, I don't know if that was their... I think it's just their, like, self-titled album. album. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And it's just... I don't know. Like, the way Chuck D raps, I just don't think has aged well in any sort of way it's because it's still very much just like like when you listen to like fight the power it's so like it gets you fucking pumped it gets you going but then like you hear it in like a new newer context or especially with like prophets of rage which is like this hybrid like metal punk hip-hop context and it's just like it just does not i don't know why it doesn't work it just doesn't and i was like ooh, ooh, no 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 it was a very like, distinct I, style to begin with um, it's true. Already, I remember uh, he wasn't doing the same as everybody else was back in the eighties either. Um, I don't know. It might be something to look into, like what exactly, uh, like to go into in depth on, in certain like iconic flows. There's mm -hmm. some rappers out there 
that have like I mean, there's a lot of rappers out there. The good, the good ones usually have like this sort of characteristic that makes them unique. But I mean, and you've got those rappers, and then you've got the Chuck D's, and the you know what I mean, the the ones that mm-hmm. really have a distinct style that no one's really doing apart from them. Um, that would be cool to like look into at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just ideas for future episodes. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. yeah, totally. But I know like. Him, like, I remember listening to, I think, like, earlier, like, during the summer, Public mm-hmm. Enemy dropped, a rec- like, a brand new record on Man Camp. Yeah. And, like, it's it's definitely, like, a throwback to, like, their older albums. Like, it's so, it's surprising, like. Yeah. It's surprisingly good. Like, yeah. it's really, really. You don't, I was like, you don't Damn, expect this- it anymore. I, yeah. I don't want to say it's, like. As good as like Fear of a Black Planet or It Takes a Nation of Millions or, or anything like that, but it's it's it makes you think of those older albums definitely. I um, had I had that with uh, like a Tribe Called Quest. Um, oh yeah, when they had their um, uh, what's it called again? Um, their latest album came out last year. We got it from here or something. I we got know. it from here. Yeah, yeah. Thank for your, thank you for sir. Yeah, thank you for your service. Bless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bless. Bless we got it from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like. In reference to five, yeah. right? Um, that was so good. Oh man, that was such a good record. <sighs> Shit. Yeah, it, and it's straight up. It's like they never left. You know, yeah. Like they never. Yeah. They've always been here, which makes it extra sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, bad that like five dog. Passed oh away. man, I don't. I don't know. There's a there's a paper I want to work on right now, but like. No time. It's very very. <laughs> No, it's just very personal. There's yeah. a music video that that uh, Fife Dog did a couple of years ago, like in 2014, I think. And it's called it's called Dear Dilla, and it's sort of his like love letter to Dilla. Yeah, yeah. I, and the I, music I, yeah. video, I saw that one. The music video is so just beautiful and heartfelt, and especially now that Fife is gone too, it's just like heart wrenching trying to like. Because I want, I really want to write about like the music video and the way they represent Dilla and the way pre- like Fife is represented is just like brilliant and it's, it's like God, it's just like heart wrenching now, you know, like like I was watching and like I, I was like tearing up when I was watching it because I was like, oh my God, this is oh this sucks, man. Like random shout out to that music video because it's super underrated and I I remember when I found it, it like doesn't have as near as much views as like. I thought it it should have. Yeah, but that's but, always the case when when you totally fall in love with something that isn't, um, by like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the Dear Dilla by Five Dog and the music video is just absolutely beautiful and heart wrenching and amazing. Let's uh, let's it. link it in the description. Yeah, so I'll, I'll link it because at least like uh, a few more views. You know, like yeah. we we did our part then. I'll, I'll link it and then I'll watch it and then I'll cry and then. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> fuck. All right, so we've been talking for a while now. Um, last episode, I heard you start a new thing, Zach. Um, it was about highlighting artists that you thought were underrated or. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. It, yeah, yeah. How do you um? What you, is there anything anyone you're thinking of right now that you'd like to? Uh, push? I think I really wanted to. I really wanted to start this. I really wanted to start this because I don't know. And the whole like 
kind of mindset of you know kicking knowledge it's like i think that's cool kind of like plugging other artists who people might not have heard of you know kind of giving them sort of not that we're like super massive right now you know but you know giving them you know recommending it to other people like that's that's the cool part of doing this having i don't know and just sharing music in general like i like doing that and being like hey have you heard of this of this person and then someone's like, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "Dude, you need to check him out." I mean, like, I, I love yeah, that. I hadn't heard of and John it, Wayne's music before, but I'm definitely gonna check it out boy, now. Sorry, yeah, right, cool, good shit, yeah. But um, uh, I guess if I'm going again, I guess this could be like a weekly thing. I don't know. Yeah, but um, there's this uh beat. I say it's weird. I say beat maker instead of producer because it's like. When I'm referring to like instrumental hip hop or like beat tapes, mm. it's like it makes more sense to say beat maker instead of producer. That's, an, like interesting, that's an interesting distinction. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there's this guy I found that I think actually John Wayne recommended to me like when I was talking to him. He mentioned this guy called Emune. It's like it's like the word immune, but it's like with an E. It's like E-M-U-N-E. And um, he just makes a lot of like low lo-fi hip hop beats. And it's just, it's just brilliant and gorgeous. And then like, I think he did actually one, he just has a bunch of beat tapes on Spotify that I kind of found and just sort of nice. binged, you know, over the past so, couple of days, emu. especially when I'm like, yeah, yeah. Especially when like, has I been grading a lot of homework, uh-huh. being a, a teaching assistant and stuff and just uh, kind of having like instrumental stuff is, yeah, is yeah, yeah. The shit it's great. And he, stuff, yeah. and I think he actually has one beat tape. It's like stuff he made on his SB404. And it's 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 great. It's so great. It's just really simple stuff, but it's so great. And I think I, I'd love to do a whole like episode in the future on like sort of this weird trend of like lo-fi. It's weird because I feel like it has more in common with like ambient music or like music as opposed to like I guess more traditional hip hop, even like instrumental hip hop. But like yeah. I don't know. I just I think there's something to it that that's really cool. So but yeah, check him out. If you haven't, like, if you're just studying or reading a book or something, he's nice. really good to put on. All right, I'll. It's just um, very like low key. It, anyway, like if if you have an artist that you have some in mind that you want to. No, plug. not specifically right now, but um, next week I'll go. I'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll plug uh, an okay, underrated cool. artist next week. Let's um, let's switch it up a little bit. Like, okay. take turns. That makes sense. All right, yeah. so I guess we should. Um, uh wrap this one up um yeah pun intended whoa i'm so sorry <laughs> i don't know why, i don't know why that's really funny uh, it's because i was like rap rap like rap i get it oh my god that's funny it's, it's, uh. it's so original uh yeah so um this has been the fifth episode of the kick knowledge podcast um my name is steven and i'm zach and we were but still are two white boys who really love talking about hip-hop and who will do this for <laughs> decades uh if you if you let us so uh if you let us that means you should also i mean follow us and subscribe right and like follow, follow us, us we're on we're on itunes itunes we're on stitcher we're on mixcloud yeah i love stitcher man i'm i'm, I'm using i'm listening to uh to to our pod on stitcher um, yeah, cool. uh uh 
that it's a great app. So yeah, so we're on Mixcloud. Uh, obviously, we have our own website. It's called uh, www.kickknowledgepodcast.com. That's, that's three W's. Yeah, www. Http colon slash forward slash forward slash www Kick was it a- AOL? Yeah, AOL keyword <laughs> kick knowledge. It's powered by WordPress, I think. But we powered, got... yeah. <laughs> you don't have to enter that. Um, Make sure someone isn't on the phone while you're trying to get on the internet. You know. <laughs> <laughs> shit! Remember that. Ask me if I'm trying to acknowledge, 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 acknowledge